Hey guys, welcome to Dating Mechanics on Girls Chase, where we get girls chasing you. I'm Varun Raja, and today I speak with Franco Lombardi, longtime Girls Chase reader and boards moderator. We have a really fun and important topic today that's applicable to pretty much every single man who wants to improve his dating life in any way, and that's how proper discipline can skyrocket your dating success, while poor discipline, management, and failure to follow hard rules can at best stall or confuse growth and at worst create months and weeks of problems and misunderstanding that will ultimately reduce the quality of a man's romantic life. Franco, welcome to Dating Mechanics once again. How's it going, Varun? It's good to be back. Great. Your last podcast was quite a hit, second in views among all episodes and gave really good insight into how great communication is critical to romantic success. Uh, that's awesome. I'm glad that you know the material I'm putting out there has been helpful to people. So hopefully it's been helpful to everyone out there. <laughs> I think it has. You know, I was just thinking because one of your two big strengths in the dating game is understanding how women think, while the other is being highly disciplined in your behavior. Well, we're not going to cover how women think this time. It's a really huge and broad topic that we intend to cover soon in the future. One thing that I have wanted to talk to you about for a very long time is the importance of discipline especially in dating and getting better with women? Yeah, so discipline is something that I feel like I've been harping on a lot more with guys recently because I realized that maybe this is something that was kind of ingrained into me early on is if you want to learn, you have to be disciplined in the way the way you learn, basically. When I'm trying to learn something, I don't just go out willy-nilly and do random things that I saw and say, oh, this works, oh, this doesn't work because when it comes to women, there's so many variables at play that... You can't just try five different things and say, oh, I didn't get laid, so none of these things work. Hmm, right. So it's more of a mindset than having an uncontrolled environment, right? Like there's things that you know that work and you want to continue using those things. You want to keep using everything that works for your dating system when you're on dates. But you also want to create systems that test what you're not sure about. Like you said, like if you have lots of different things that you're doing and you didn't get laid, for example, then you have to kind of isolate and figure out what's working for you and what isn't working for you within that system. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. And that requires a period of reflection too. So we always tell guys after you go out, think about your interactions you've had and be able to reflect on where you think things went wrong. That's how you improve. Like there's the actual practice part of it, going out and talking to women. Then there's the, now I need to go back and think about where could I have done better where did I mess up? Where did I succeed? What were things that worked for me? And then take mental note of that and apply it to your game in the future. Right, right. But the key to that, I think, is just like in science, when we're testing something, we always keep the environment under control with specific values. We adjust to test the results, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that you used to do extensively well, where you would pinpoint one variable in your game and basically tweak it over a course of several days to see if it works or it didn't. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I know we have a lot of uh, a lot of tech guys and a lot of readers who are very mathematical or logically thinking because I'm that way too. I'm a very yeah. logical thinker. So. Yeah, me too, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the best way I can describe it is think of your interactions with a woman as an equation. There's all of these variables that you're trying to account for and you want to put together an equation of how do I get what I want while not knowing how to do certain things but knowing some things so there's you have the controlled variables and you have the ones you're testing mm -hmm. so what you want to do is you want to narrow your variables down to one or two variables so that you're not introducing all these extra variables that you can't figure out which one was the problem and which one was good 
I have a great example I can actually share just about exactly that. that yeah, yeah. We discussed a lot together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A couple of months ago, I changed the description on my Tinder profile and added a short statement about being poly and sex positive. I then matched with a girl, Yvette, and went out with her a short while later on a Friday evening. We had drinks, we were vibing and having a fun time together, and then left to continue our evening at a hookah lounge. On the ride there, out of the blue, she asked me, So you're poly, huh? Which caught me completely off guard, and on the fly I had to come up with a short explanation about poly in my dating life. Usually I never talk about anything like this on dates, by the way. Long story short, we were still having a great time vibing over hookah. She was very interested in me, but was also hesitant to go home with me that very night. I was facing an attainability problem. I dropped her to her car a little later in the night after being out with her for almost five hours, and she initiated a great kiss, but still didn't want to go home with me. After we went out that night, we still texted back and forth, but every time I tried to set up a meet with her and go out for a second date, she hesitated and wasn't clear if she wanted to meet, always citing that she was too busy that week. Yet despite this, she kept texting me week after week, and even now we're still talking, even though we haven't made firm plans to connect in person. She seems kind of a little bit interested at least. Yeah, she seems Um, a little bit interested, but she's not actually making the effort to meet up with me, right? Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting in the context of discipline, which actually I learned from you, is that uh, I was wondering, you know, if it was my texting or something that was what was causing this for not to meet up with me, right? To get that second date. Yeah, I was really Mm -hmm. confused. Like, is it like my texting is bad? It's just not available. Am I not being available enough myself Mm -hmm. to meet up with her? Mm -hmm. But after talking with you about discipline and you were telling me about like, what did I do differently that date? I realized that there was one thing that was just like stood out there. Mm. that was completely different from anything I've done before. And that is talk about polyamory and like how I practice it. And I was like, that's it. um... Wow. So that was probably like the unifying thing. Because when I thought about it even more, I realized that, you know, talking about that with her probably reduced my attainability. Here's a girl that really likes me and she right, probably right. wants to see me. And then now she's finding out, okay, so maybe other women are also seeing him and maybe, so I can't actually have him. That's right. like the yeah. one variable that completely changed and it was different. Right. You know, you're talking about this now and you remember talking about this with you because I remember you came to me and you said it was going so well. We were touching. I remember, I, I remember this girl you were talking about and you said it was going so well, and I don't know why I keep trying to set up the second date, but she's kind of playing this game with me, and I felt like, I'm like, why doesn't she want to see me? I feel like she, this normally this goes well. Yeah. And I remember asking you, I'm like, well, how did you feel? You said everything went well on the date. What did you guys talk about? And that's what you mentioned that you talked about. Well, you're like, well, I actually, I talked about Polly with her, which like never happens. And I'm like, you talked about Polly? Like, that's that's actually a topic that I don't normally bring up on dates. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so that prompted me to ask you, like, why did you bring up Polly? I personally, I probably wouldn't bring up a topic like Polly because... When I'm on a date, I like to avoid topics that are that are very controversial, that can dissimilarity, if that's oh, the word, of course, of course. between you. So when you say that, and a girl, she might be interested in what you have to say about it, but it also might feel like, oh, attainability takes a hit because now he's like, this guy's like into a lifestyle that I'm not looking for. Now, that, that exactly. you might meet a girl who maybe is into that, but you never know, right? Is this something else that she can throw on the plate and kind of evaluate whether or not you're an effective man for her, right? Exactly. And so it could either... She's going to take everything she hears yeah. from you and use that to evaluate you as a partner. So when you talk about something like Polly, it's going to really affect the dynamic that you have going with her. So that's a big variable. But it's well, important that we actually identify that variable, right? Like for it is. Me, I was really confused. Yeah. Um, and this gets back to the topic of the podcast. You know, a lot of times, like a guy will go out with the girl and maybe he'll try like three new things and it didn't work out but he'll start blaming one of those three things but like how do you know which one it actually is 
do we learn if it was like, uh, you know, the A thing that I changed, the B thing that I changed, C thing that I changed, like all, like if I changed three variables, like you said, then mm-hmm. all I know is that one of those is likely, but we didn't actually narrow it down to one. Where in right. this case, like there was something like strictly out there that I tried that was mm-hmm. new. Yeah. And even though I had, like, I thought I had issues with texting. I thought I had issues with my availability to meet her. And that caused like you that. to completely overlook yeah, that you changed this other big variable. It yeah. was actually the one critical thing that was like, that was different. Yeah. I wanted to share the story in contrast to that of another girl I recently went out with, Marissa. Marissa and I also met on a dating app, and we met one evening for drinks in Manhattan on another Friday. I was actually really excited to get a Friday evening date with her, by the way. I could tell over text that she was actually quite nervous and excited to meet me. However, as soon as I got to the venue and we sat at the bar together, I touched her in a very awkward and uncalibrated way. Over the course of the date, I was still vibing with her, but I ran this one differently than I do with some other girls. I didn't attempt to bounce her to another venue like I usually do, and I didn't talk about sex at all like I usually do. I also told her that I'm traveling a lot and I'm frequently not in town. She cut off the date to go hang out with some friends at another bar after a couple of hours. When we left, she still seemed somewhat interested in me, but at the same time had her arms crossed and was walking fast, and was not super close to me as we walked the subway. I also touched her then, by holding her hand, to which she was not compliant at all. At the end of our meet, she told me that she would like to see me again. However, just like with Yvette, every time I reached out to her by text, it seemed like she would deflect my date invites. I was thinking it was just the way I was texting. But in talking to you, Franco, it seems that I changed so many variables in the day that I couldn't figure out exactly where I went wrong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think I remember you mentioning this to me, actually. Yeah, yeah. So. And so in the context of discipline, it's really interesting because to practice healthy discipline, like you kind of have to turn your dating process into a bit of a scientific experiment, right? Yeah, and I've got a great example of that, actually. Um, Let's take a concrete example here for some of our listeners who might be following, but they may be a little bit like, well, it kind of makes sense, but I'm not sure how to conceptualize what we're talking about here. So I'm going to give you an equation right now. We're going to do some fucking algebra right now. Okay. So, <laughs> algebra. All right. We're going to do some algebra right now. So hopefully all, all, hopefully all the readers here have at least been through at least junior high school. It won't be too hard. So I'm going to give you an equation. We have A plus 2 plus 3 equals 5. Right. Yeah. So one more time. A plus 2 plus 3 equals 5. Solve for A. What is A? Oh, well, in that case, A is zero. Right. Very quick, right? Boom. You're about, to, you're about to nail that right away, clear. right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a second equation now, and I want you to solve for all variables in the equation. A plus B plus C plus D plus E plus 2 equals 5. What is A, B, C, D, and E? Well, A, B, C, D, and E combined is 3. Is 3. We know that much. But do you know... Which ones were zero and which one was one or which one was 0.3 or which one was... Yeah, I mean, we have no idea what each of those things actually are. We just know, like, as a unit... As a unit, you know, there's a result you're going for. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know which of those variables equates to that result. Ah, yes. So the idea behind this concept and me trying to conceptualize this math equation is that you want to reduce your equation to the least amount of variables. And that's that's a very common math concept, right? When you have multiple variables, you use methods like substitution and and to reduce it down to one variable because you can't solve the equation until you start solving for the individual variables. So to think about this in terms of discipline and dating, when a guy goes out, he has things that he doesn't know works and he has things that he knows that do work. But if he tries to go out and do five things that he doesn't know or he hasn't tested and he's not sure if they work, and then he fails. And he says, okay, so what failed? Was it his new opener that he wanted to try? 
Was it his conversation about Polly that he had with the girl? Was it was it his his text message about Polly? Was it uh you know was it his date invite? You don't know because he just did four things that he's never tested of work. So now he goes home and he's like, what did he learn? He didn't learn anything. All he knows is that, like you said, we knew that that all those together equal five. He knows that we know all those together didn't work for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, all he knows is that those five things all together and once. Didn't work for him, which is, you could say he learned a little bit. I'm like, okay, I'm never going to do these five things exactly together, but it would have been a lot more fruitful for him to just change one variable to say, I'm going to try a new opener today, but I already know that this text message works. I know that this date invite works for me. You could say, you know, there's different things that work for everyone, but this guy has tested himself and he's like, I have an approach that works. I have a text message that works. So I'm going to keep those. And then I'm going to change my date invite because I'm not getting dates. So obviously there's something I can change to get date advice to be better. Mm. So learn to change only one variable at a time and use that to learn. And that's how I learned quickly because I didn't use very constant new variables with, you want a controlled environment. So I wasn't using new variables with a bunch of old variables. I was always using one new variable and the all old variables that I had tested and I know work for me. It seems that the key to healthy discipline then is to really understand all the different variables that can be controlled mm-hmm. for one thing. And, and we can name a couple of them right now. Like you can test approaching, you can test hooking, you can mm-hmm. test how, you know, how to move a girl property, mm-hmm. getting her number, making a conversation sexual, going on a date with her and moving her to a different place, right, going right. her home, like, you know, different ways you can escalate her. Mm-hmm. All these are different variables that you can like change you can around. Change really. You can move, you can... And play with, with them. Yeah. yeah, you can play with them, yeah. And actually, in my experience, from what I've seen, that, you know, I know a lot of people in this community and also just naturals, I guess, in the world who are just really good women. Mm-hmm. Some of the best people are just super disciplined and almost mechanical. Yeah, in, almost in mecha- their, mechanical. Yeah, like, very mechanical. They create clear systems. Almost like science. They're almost like yeah. scientists, right? Almost like, like, just like, solve, like <laughs> Albert Einstein on the chalkboard solving E equals MC squared type of deal. Yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how they come across, yeah. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, they have systems not only for going out and practicing. Like if you if you want to get really good at night game, they have systems for doing that. Like they do very specific things when they go out and they just test new theories like like mechanically almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also have uh, systems on on dates that they test out and, and you know, on meets. And it really seems like for everything that in discipline, you also have to know what you what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going for, say, a monogamous relationship. You're going to have a very different system that you create than, say, if you just want to do night game and bang lots of girls, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to be testing different theories, and some of those things will, you know, collaborate between them, but some of mm-hmm. those things are also, like, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to, to dating, right? Right, right, yeah. right. That's why it is, in a way, there's a lot of math to be done, really. There's a lot of um, ways you can test and learn things through trial and error and through learning how to control the environment that you're testing whether it's approaching or relationships or even your own, just regular things in your own life about being efficient, yeah. about how you just operate in your daily life. Like how do you learn things from day to day? Right, right. It's interesting because it seems that if you can reduce the number of variables, then you can solve the equation basically quicker, right? Right, so right. So if you only have one variable, you can solve the equation like we proved in the example we made, a plus two plus three equals five, we know a is zero. Right. If we have five variables and you don't actually know what the controlling factors really are, Comes a lot harder to figure right. out. <laughs> but but the beauty of this also is that if you do solve all five variables, mm-hmm. then you know that you'll get laid a lot more. 
Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll give an example from my life too that just happened recently to me. I had two really big sticking points that I finally figured out this year. Mm-hmm. And one was my texting with women. Mm-hmm. And I'll go into that first actually because it's more interesting. Like I would very big day gamer meeting several women every day. Mm-hmm. Not only just to get numbers, but just because I like to be social and I just like to meet people and say hi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talk to them. Right. But if I see a cute girl, you know, I'm going to approach her. And if she's single, I'm, I would get her number and, you know, try to set up a date with her. And I noticed that virtually every single time I was getting like a 10% return on the numbers I was getting, which mm-hmm. I thought was like awful. Yeah, it sounds low. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and so even though some of those girls I did see and, you know, went on dates with and we got together, mm-hmm. there was this big gap that I noticed between what the potential was mm-hmm. and what I was actually getting. And your performance rate. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in talking to you and talking to other people, we realized that the variable that was at play was actually the texting. Mm-hmm. Because when girls met me and I approached them, that was going really well. Mm-hmm. When I was talking to the girls and moving them, you know, maybe off the street or to a coffee shop or something like that, that, that was going well. pretty well. Uh-huh. You know, when I got the number, they were readily giving it to me and they were responding on my first text, but what actually when I started to try to set up a date, set up a meet, it just wasn't just wasn't happens. going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and this is this is actually a good point, a good topic about when I talk about solving for these variables and these in this equation, you gotta still think in terms of we're working with women. So nothing is absolute and nothing is a hundred percent. So <laughs> yeah. nothing we wouldn't be here right now having this discussion about women if there were absolutes and hundred percent, because someone would have written the book and all you have to do is read it and you'd be at hundred percent success with women. So when you solve for these variables, what I mean is you've tried something new and it's worked for you. Yeah. It may not work for someone else or maybe it does work for someone else or maybe it works better for someone else or maybe it works better for you, but all that matters is that it worked for you at some point. So once you start solving for these variables, you got to be careful about realizing that sometimes, even though you had something that worked in the past, like maybe you got laid with a girl, but that was because your awful 10% text rate happened to stick with her. <laughs> yeah. That's and right. that, that one time it worked and, it, and yeah. you got laid. So now you're confused. You're like, oh, I thought I already solved for the texting variable, but I feel like I'm still failing there. So you want to go back to your variables and, and try to analyze like and say to yourself, like, I know there's guys out there getting dates more frequently than I am. Yeah. So there must be something going wrong. So you go back to your variables and say, what are my success rates with all these variables? My approach, say about 80% of girls hook, probably not a problem. My conversation, 70 to 80% of girls seem to hook. Not, probably not a problem. Yeah. I get their number. Not a problem. I text for a date invite. 20% at best, maybe, I get the date. Does that seem low or high to me? You say, that seems low because I see Franco getting 50% or 60%. So you say, maybe there's something I need to fix there. And that's kind of how you realize that you can improve your performance rates and right, your percentages right. on those variables and go back and be like, I can change this to do better than I'm currently doing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, too, because that sort of sticking point issue has come up not just in a situation like texting. That was, like, super easy to isolate for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, it was clear, like, okay, so it's not moving beyond this point. So clearly something, most likely something is going wrong at this very right, point right. that's preventing it from going forward. Mm-hmm. There was another trickier situation that I had, which uh, was even more confusing to me. And actually, you helped me solve this, too, where um, I was going on meets with women, and they were actually... And this was after the texting problem was fixed, and my meets were going well all the way up to the point where women were at home and ready to, I guess, do the deed with me. Mm-hmm. And we were having a great time, and for whatever reason, my escalation when I was actually with her, and, you know, we're getting hot and heavy, and we're about to have sex, suddenly the mood would just shift out of the blue. And a girl would be like, no, 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 this is too fast. 
oh, I don't, I don't have sex on the first mm-hmm. date. Mm-hmm. You know, a number of excuses that we would consider called LMR. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And like, how do I, how do I put this? Like, it's called Things- LMR. Things probably got a little bit more confusing for you at that point. Yeah, like girls at this moment would throw out frames that I was really confused about. Like, I'm sorry to disappoint you that we're not having sex tonight. And for me, it was interesting because every other part of that date had gone really well. And then here's this girl that didn't want to have sex, but she's still hanging out with me in my room. And we're still kind of talking, even though the vibe between us was going kind of low and reducing. Mm -hmm. And I realized a pattern over a course of, over a dozen or two dozen dates that this kept happening where a girl was in my room and we were about to have sex. Right, right. It would be an LMR. She'd throw up LMR. It was call it LMR and say, I don't want to have sex. And then I'd react and she would leave and I'd never hear from her again. Mm-hmm. Now, that was interesting. I bring this as an example because I felt like there were several variables at play in this situation. Mm-hmm. Because LMR, now it just LMR. wasn't just texting and getting her on the date. Now there's like beyond texting and now we're actually on the date and like I'm taking her in my process where we're going out and getting drinks or whatever or coffee and meeting up and I'm moving her around we're talking about a bunch of different things I'm deep diving I'm Mm. talking about sex I'm talking about my belief systems and her belief systems and her life Mm. and here's this girl who seems like she wants to sleep with me and she's following me all the way home and yet she throws up this wall right at the end Mm. and says no I actually don't want to sleep with you and I'm sorry that you're so disappointed that Mm. we can't have sex Mm. And after a lot of analysis with you, actually, we discovered that it was actually a frame test with her that was always failing. And I was showing disappointment in my body language right afterwards that, yeah, we're not having sex and I'm sad. Mm -hmm. And this was like just basically ruining my interactions with women. Yeah. So you're going to have certain variables, I guess you could say, that are going to be a lot more difficult to identify and pinpoint than others, right? So. We talked about the first one with your texting, right? That was yeah. a very easy, identifiable variable. You know that I got this far, I need to send a text to get a date. I'm not getting dates. So I know that it's got to be the text. So I just got to figure out which text I need to send or how I need to think about sending this text in a way that gets me these dates. Easy to identify. You get the stuff like that's like LMR and escalation where it's very fluid. There's lots of moving parts. There's, there's really just a lot of variables at play actually more than you can even account for in any given second. And this all happens in a, in a quick amount of time. So when you have these types of situations, you still have to think about the patterns that you see. And like you said, you noticed a pattern that was happening. And I remember when we were talking about this too, you noticed there was a pattern happening where these girls would say, sorry, I didn't mean to disappoint you. You know, I'm out of here. And then you never hear from them again. We'll be back with Franco on our next episode to discuss the right process to experiment with discipline and create lasting success. Whether you're a virgin, a beginner, or an advanced guy in the dating game, Now we're on to our next segment called Chats with Chase, where I or you can ask Girls Chase founder Chase Amante about his opinion on pretty much anything. To kick off, it's time to discuss when to throw away things you've tried out or have been using in your dating life. Welcome to Dating Mechanics, Chase. Howdy, V, and welcome everybody to the first chat with Chase. We're going to try and have a few of these uh, little... Bits in Varun's radio show where I jump in and uh, weigh in a bit whenever I have a little time to record one of these and fit it into the podcast. So today we're going to talk about when do you throw out techniques? When do you throw stuff out or discard things that maybe isn't working for you or uh, maybe it used to work for you but isn't quite as much of a fit? We'll talk about what are the different reasons to do that. And by the way, you can throw out just about anything. could be anything from anybody 
could be stuff that you got from me, stuff that you got from Varun or Franco or anybody else on Girls Chase or from anywhere else in the world or just stuff that you've come up with on your own. Yes, everyone. This is an open platform, and I'm truly excited to see what kinds of questions we get. So, Chase, I want to understand how you know when it's time to chuck an approach or a tactic into the waste bin. A lot of guys struggle with this bit. They follow the methods of some dating coach, then complain it doesn't work for them. Tell me something. Why are there so many different methods, solutions, and variances and results when it comes to men getting together with women? Because everybody's got a slightly different style. And you're going to find that some things that you get from some people work well for you. Some things don't work as well for you. Some things don't really mesh with your personality as well, whereas other things are going to mesh really well with your personality. So you're always going to have to try out and test new material and test different things from different coaches and different teachers because some things are going to work, some things aren't going to work. And the only way that you're going to find out is by testing them in the real world with real live women, which hopefully should be a fun part of the process. So the first reason that you're going to throw something out is when you don't need a technique anymore. So I'll give you an example of one that I used early on in my first maybe year, year and a half of really going out a lot and being really active with approaching lots of girls where I probably talked to a couple thousand different women over that first year and a half. So one technique that I used a lot during that period for a while was called the three favorite animals game. And uh, we have it on the forums. We can put a link to it in this post so you can click on it and read more about it. I won't go in depth about it, but basically what it is is a little gambit that you can run with a girl that you're talking to wherever you meet her. You can use it in bars and nightclubs at parties with girls you meet on the street, on dates. It doesn't matter where. You can use this with any girl anywhere. And it's scary accurate how much it tells you about the girl's personality. And when girls hear it, when they hear the result of playing the game, the game itself is fun. It's a little bit weird and intriguing, so girls enjoy playing it. And then once you give her the results, the personality reading, she gets blown away and says, wow, I'm amazed how accurate that is. And it works pretty much without fail. Even with girls that are very skeptical that any of that stuff could possibly work, it still works on them. And for me, the way that I used it was as sort of a conversation filler. If I reached a point where I felt like there was not enough intrigue in the conversation or things were starting to stall out, or I needed to find some way to excite her more, hopefully sexually excite her, then I would use the three favorite animals game to try and inject a little bit more life into the courtship. What eventually happened was I got to the point where with my conversation, with both my ability to make small talk and to deep dive, and also the ability to tease girls well, to chase frame them, to build banter and sexual intrigue, I didn't need this technique anymore. In fact, it was counterproductive because it took us off on this little sidetrack that didn't really help out or contribute as much to the direction that I wanted to take things. So I eventually just sort of abandoned it naturally. It was a thing I liked doing. It was fun. It injected good energy into the conversation. But eventually I got to a point where my own good natural conversation was good enough and my own ability to banter and build intrigue was good enough that I didn't need this and I just discarded it. So that's our first reason for why you're going to end up discarding something and not holding on to it. Our second reason is when something just does not work for you. And this could be something that you try it out and no matter how many times you try it, it doesn't work. If there's some pickup line you get from somebody or some specific technique, maybe you want to try out chase frames or you want to try out sex talk or you want to try out whatever it could be. And you try it out and you try it out a bunch of times and it just doesn't work. And generally, the recommendation that I have is that you try something out 20 times, 
before you decide that it doesn't work for you. Because the first few times you try it, you may not get it to work properly. But you try it out enough times, and then you can say, okay, I've tried this 20 times. It didn't work any of these times. So, you know, maybe the technique is great for other people, but it doesn't work for me. And you just won't use that technique. And you can go through, you know, if you're going out a lot and talking to a bunch of different girls, you can use a technique on 20 different women in a pretty short period of time. So you can test out new tech pretty quick. But the other reason that something may not be working for you is if it produces reactions and not results. So one classic example is making out in public. Now, I know some guys that swear by making out with girls in public to get them all excited and randy. And there are ways that you can do this to make it an effective technique. However, the way most guys use it, it is not an effective technique. And the way that I used to use it when I started out was also not an effective technique, which is just where you grab the girl and you make out with her and you start making out with her and you just keep making out with her until eventually she pushes you off and walks away. And the other thing you can do if you're doing it a little bit more calibrated, which is what I started doing, would be to make out with her a bit and then stop and make out with her a little bit and then stop. But this puts you on this trajectory where... She knows now where it's going. It's definitely going to sex. And if you haven't otherwise built up enough arousal, and you might think that making out by itself is going to build up the arousal. And I think a lot of guys think this, and it's what I was thinking early on when I used to do this, when I was younger and just starting out. You know, you're thinking, if I can make out with her enough, she's just going to get so turned on and so horny that it's going to be so easy to bet her. But in fact, the making out is just part of it because you're not going to be making out the entire trip back to your place. This is just something that you're going to do sporadically. And then you have to have the other conversation. She's going to be thinking about you. She's going to be thinking about what other expectations has you created. And if there isn't this overall sexual atmosphere, this feel to it, and if she doesn't feel logically certain she wants to go to bed with you, it can raise a lot of resistance. And what I found was that when I was doing this, I would go out and I would make out with girls all the time in bars and nightclubs. And these girls would pretty much never come back home with me. And I started testing out not making out with girls just building up tension, doing everything else I was doing normally, but not making out with them. And what I discovered was that I had a much easier time getting girls to agree to come back to my place. And I had a much easier time betting those girls once we were back alone at mine. So that is our second reason to drop something. If you've tried it out and it's not working, maybe because you can't get it to work, or maybe because it doesn't get you the results that you hoped it would get you. Our third reason is somewhat related to that last reason. And that's when a technique simply does not fit you. So one of the techniques I heard early on when I first started going out that I thought was a really cool sounding technique was to, if you talk to girls who are in a group, you can tell these girls, okay, well, you're the nice one, you're the naughty one, and just kind of give them these different little labels and play with them. So a lot of times if I would go out, I might find myself talking to three girls in a nightclub and I'd say, well, clearly you're the nice one, you seem like you're the naughty one, and you, I guess you're the motherhead. And they would all laugh and have a good time and, and you can banter with them a bit. But what I found was it didn't really suit my style because this uh, technique is really designed towards guys that are going to banter off that. They're going to get into this whole get into this whole routine of teasing girls and laughing with them and playing around with, oh, you're the nice one. Oh, you're so naughty. Look at her. Look how naughty she's looking at me and da-da-da-da-da and going on and on. And that's not my style of banter. It's, it's a little bit too silly, a little bit too gamey. It didn't really fit me. I know some guys that love this style and it gels really well with them. It's perfect for them. Maybe you're listening and it sounds exciting and you say, I'm going to go try that out right now. That sounds really fun. And maybe it gels with you really well. For me, in my case, it didn't really gel with me just because of my own personality and the way that I like to interact with girls. So I tried it out. I used it for a couple of months off and on. You know, I wasn't using it with every girl, but I would try it out and it kept trying to make it work and it kept not working for me. 
And eventually I said, okay, this is a good technique. I like it in theory. It sounds really fun, but it doesn't work for me. It doesn't gel with my personality. I'm just not going to use it. And I found other things that worked for me better and I did those instead. So those are our three times to throw out techniques. I'm sure there are other reasons you can come up with, but those are the three biggest ones that stand out to me most, the three most important reasons. So to recap them, they're going to be when you don't need a technique anymore, when you've moved on, when your own natural ability is better, or you found stuff that works for you better. So just like that three favorite animals game. Uh, basically, the only time I use that now is uh, with a girl who's a girlfriend. If I just want to do some fun little thing with her, maybe I'll do that. I'll pop into my head. Our number two reason is if a technique just does not work for you, if it's not getting you the result that you want, maybe because it doesn't work at all for you, or maybe because it's getting you reactions that don't lead you to the result you want, like making out in public for a lot of guys and was for me. And then our third reason is when a technique simply does not fit you. So for me, the example I used was the, the nice one, naughty one, motherhead, and giving these girls these little labels and, and bantering around with them. But for me, that for my personal style, that just didn't gel. And you're gonna have stuff like that for you too, that you know it gets girls to laugh, it gets them involved, but you aren't really able to do too much with it because it doesn't really gel with your own personality very well. So I hope you enjoyed this little segment. I hope it gave you some food for thought on what techniques you can use and when you should drop some and pick some other ones up instead. And for now, I'm Chase Amante, and I'm handing you back over to Varun Raja. Thanks, Chase. Just to remind you guys, you can ask Chase or myself pretty much anything on this part of our podcast. Leave a comment, and we'll have Chase's answer on the next episode. Stay tuned for part two of my interview with Franco on Discipline. For now, this is Varun Raja, and I'll see you next time on Dating Mechanics. Thank you.